In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, today, our focus is on our King Jesus, the King that we saw in our reading for this morning out in the narthex who came so humbly on that donkey, riding into Jerusalem, not merely uh, for a vacation or to check in with friends or to see the sights of that big city, but to lay down his life for the sins of the world. Uh, today we're going to be focusing on that king, uh, and yet I want to start by telling you the story, not of a king, but of a pastor, if I could. Uh, this pastor wasn't just any old pastor, but he, he was actually a pretty well-known pastor. Uh, you're going to have to trust me on this, because most likely you have not heard of him, although you may have. Uh, but, but that's only because he lived a, a long time ago, close to 500 years ago. This pastor, who was not only a pastor, but actually a pastor of pastors, he was a bishop. His name was Hugh Latimer. Uh, Hugh Latimer. Uh, Hugh Latimer was a faithful, godly man. And, and there was one day, probably a day like today, when he was ready to, to preach a sermon to God's people. And so he got up into a pulpit much like that one, ready to speak God's word. And as he, as he got into that pulpit, he knew a couple of things. He knew that the message he was going to speak was going to challenge and convict some of the people there in the pews that day because, well, God's word does that. God says in his word some things that can be hard for us to hear that we've tried to avoid hearing. But Latimer knew that he was called to preach that word as challenging and convicting as it was. He also hoped, though, that that this word would be full of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, that it would uplift and encourage the people. And so he, he got up into that pulpit ready to preach this sermon when he looked out into the congregation and there in the pews was, was someone that almost made him gasp. See, sitting there amongst the people was, was someone uh, he was not expecting to see, someone who wasn't exactly a regular attendee at the divine worship of the Lord. The, the one that he saw was actually the king. <laughs> Sitting there amongst the people was King Henry VIII, who, if you know anything about him from your, your, your history days in junior high or, or high school, you might remember that King Henry VIII was, was a man known for his violent outbursts. He was the kind of guy that was accustomed to getting his way and would do whatever it took to have it. King Henry VIII was not used to being challenged or convicted, not by a bishop and not even by God's word. And, and so Hugh Latimer looked out um, amongst the people and, and, and he sees King Henry and, and he has to pause in his pulpit there for just a second. He, he says to himself this, he says, Latimer, Latimer, be careful what you say today. The king is here, he said. Latimer, Latimer, be careful what you say, that the king is here. But, but almost as those words had left his mouth, Latimer has a, a revelation of sorts, an epiphany there in, in his pulpit. He remembers something oh so in, important. And so Latimer has to, to pause again. And, and he says to himself silently once more, he says this time, Latimer, Latimer, be careful what you say. For the king of kings is here today. See, what Latimer recognized, the, the epiphany, the, the recognition that he had was, was that the, the, the real one with all of the power in the room that day was not sitting in the pew, but was living in his heart. The, the real king in his presence was not Henry VIII, but Jesus Christ the Lord. And and that's what we're here to celebrate today, too. Uh, Jesus Christ, our King 
of kings. And, and there's a whole lot that we could say uh, about our King Jesus, uh, even just in light of the, the reading that we heard this, this morning. There's a lot we could talk about. We could talk about how Jesus is, is our King who has come with power and authority, a, a power that we don't see anywhere else, a power and authority that we would long for our earthly leaders to exhibit. We, we would long for our politicians to have, right? We would love to see them affect change and get things done. And yet, and yet those leaders, our earthly leaders, are so often spinning their wheels or fighting with each other. And yet here comes Jesus, our powerful king, who is, who is more powerful than sin, death, or even the devil himself, who came with power and authority to forgive the sins of the world. We could talk about his power, but we also know that Jesus wasn't just some maniacal powerful king. He was a humble king who, who got on the back of a humble donkey to make his way into Jerusalem. And, and we know that he was going to Jerusalem as that humble king, not to be served, but to serve. He's our king who would lay down his life on the cross, stretch out his arms, and die for the sins of the world. That's the kind of king we have, one who is worthy of all of our praise, who commands our complete allegiance, who demands total obedience, and who is deserving of all of our love. That's our King Jesus. We could talk today, we could talk today about how our king is is not just king of our lives sometimes or in some places, but all of the time, right? Jesus is king. He's reigning and ruling over our finances. Jesus has things to say about our money, but, but, but he's also king. He's reigning and ruling in powerful, loving ways over our families. He's holding them dearly. Jesus is king over our careers, but he's also king when we're sitting on the couch watching TV. Jesus is our always and forever king. And, and yet, we, we could also talk today about how as Christians we believe that that Jesus is not just our king. He's not just reigning and ruling over 625 East Dundee Road or wherever else Christians are gathered together this morning, but that Jesus is king of the world. Jesus is our king who is working out our good, but he's also working for the good of all people. He, he came to die for the sins of his children, but, but as John 3.16 reminds us, that he loved the world, and so he laid down his life. Jesus is our king, but he's king of all. We could talk about many more things about what it means to have Jesus as our king, but I'd like to, to use the time that I have left with you to, to talk about one more lesson we learned from the story today. And it's a lesson, I think, that comes from a, a surprising source in the story. It's, it's actually the lesson of the donkey. <laughs> See, what, what the donkey in the story, I think, tells us is, is that Jesus comes as our king our powerful, loving, always and forever king. And yet he's a king who, who is able and willing to work through his creation. Uh, the donkey reminds us that Jesus can, can work through, redeem even a humble donkey to accomplish his eternal divine will. And yet more often than that, more often than working through donkeys, Jesus is the king who works through us, his people. Jesus jumps not onto our backs like he did with the donkey, but into our lives. And he, he takes a hold of the reins of our heart in, in order to direct us to do his will. Jesus wants to, like the donkey, use each of you. He wants to work through you. He wants you, dear Christian, to be his hands and his feet in the world. See, the, the, the truth is that the, the most people in our world today will only come to meet their king through one of us, through one of 
our king's children. Uh, For some people, the closest they will ever get, the only glimpse of the king's love and grace and forgiveness and compassion will be from us as we reflect it, as we share it, as we witness to it in the world. God wants to work through us just like he did with that donkey. And, And yet for most of us, if we were to really consider that calling, we would have to admit that that is a heavy, serious task, isn't it? be used by God to accomplish his divine, eternal will, that is, uh, that is something to take very seriously. And, and, and the truth is, I think for those of us who have pondered what that means for our own lives, what that calling will ask of each of us, when, when we think about that, I, I think sometimes, at least some of us, maybe I should speak for myself, that sometimes I feel unequipped, unready, unworthy to have the King of kings and the Lord of lords come into my life and work through my hands and my mouth. I, I think sometimes we do feel unworthy of that. Uh, let, me, let me tell you a, a brief story. Uh, a number of years ago, there was a young boy, uh, a boy who loved art. He, he loved to draw. He, he spent many, many summer afternoons and, and afternoons after school drawing and sketching, copying pictures out of comic books. He, he considered himself in, in every way to be an artist. He, he hoped and he dreamed that one day people would think of him that way too and, and that maybe he could even sell his art and, and people would buy his comic books. He, he, he asked for Christmas or his birthday for sketchbooks and, and drawing sets. Uh, he was an artist, that little boy. About th- but then one day that little boy grew up. It, it didn't happen all at once, but over time, that little boy who once loved art and, and loved to draw began to leave that world behind. He, he's not sure exactly why or, or when it happened, but, but most likely it was because he began to compare himself to the artists he admired. And he looked at their art and he looked at his and he saw that it, it didn't match up. He could never compare. And, and so over time, he told himself over and over and over again that he, that he wasn't an artist and he wasn't any good and he wasn't worthy of, of being considered amongst the artists he admired. And, and so by the time this little boy grew up to be a young man in college, he, he had him put a, a pencil to paper in over a decade. Uh, but then, as part of his college prerequisite requirements, uh, he, he was told he had to take a fine arts course, a, a class in the fine arts department. And he had avoided this and, and kind of pushed it off because, again, he had told himself, I'm not an artist, I'm not any good, I, I can't compare. But, but something happened at the end of that semester that surprised him. He had told himself at the beginning that he just wanted to pass he wasn't going for an A or a B or even a C because he wasn't an artist, he wasn't any good, he, he couldn't compare. But, but by the time the semester ended, he got a phone call from the professor and, and the professor told him that she loved his art, uh, that she really enjoyed looking at it and she thought that others might too. And so she was calling to ask him if he would mind framing that art so that it could be hung in the school art gallery and, and so that it could be shown at an upcoming art show uh, that the, the school was hosting. Now, the, this young man heard this request, it was an honor, and yet he had told himself for so long that he wasn't any good, that he wasn't an artist, that he wasn't worthy, that he couldn't compare, that he rejected the offer. Uh, thanks, but no thanks, he said. He, he told himself that she must have actually just been feeling bad for him when she looked at his art, that maybe she was having pity on him and decided to throw him uh, a bone, but, but he would not frame that art. It would never be shown. I, I wonder, I tell you that story because I wonder if... 
Now, sometimes we don't feel the same way when it comes to being used by God, uh, to be like that donkey. <laughs> for some of us, we've told ourselves for so long that, that, that we don't know enough. We haven't studied the Bible, maybe like the pastor has or, or some of the other Christians in the pew have. We just don't know the facts. Or, or maybe it's because we don't feel like we're eloquent. We, we have come to worship and we've gone to Bible study, but we're, we're just not good at, at sharing what we have. Or, or maybe it's because we have some, something in the past that we feel has, has taken us out of contention, some sin. We've, we've hurt someone, we've said something, and we think, no way could God use me. I'm, I'm just not worthy. Or, or maybe it's because we've compared ourselves to the people around us and, and we see the things that either other individual Christians are doing or other churches are accomplishing and we think to ourselves, not me, I, I, I'm not worthy. Uh, I wonder if the donkey felt that way. <laughs> I know I'm asking you to stretch your imagination a little bit to put yourself in the mind of that animal, but, but can you imagine? Here he is, just a, a donkey, a pack animal. Uh, he, he wasn't going to pull any chariot. He, he wasn't a fine Arabian stallion. He would never win a contest for strength or speed or beauty, and, and yet here is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who put the star in the sky that king was, was going to jump on his back and, and use him to walk down the red carpet into Jerusalem, that holy city. See, what I think the donkey reminds us of is, is that no matter how unworthy you feel to, to be used by God to accomplish his eternal divine will, that, that God can, can work through and redeem uh, just about anything. And if he can work through a donkey, then, then he can work through you. He can use your hands and your feet, your eyes and your ears, your mouth and your tongue in order to share his grace and his love, to extend his reign and his rule in this world. But you know, the truth is that, that our King Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he's not just working through you, but brothers and sisters, never forget that he's also working for you. He's working for you, for you and for your families. In, in your life, he, he is your powerful and authoritative king, and, and he has power even over your, your, your strongest temptations. He has power, as we see on the cross, even over death itself. Jesus has the power to forgive what, what you consider to be totally unforgivable. You have a, a king in Jesus who is working for you, who, who is humbly coming into your life to, to, to not be served by you, but to serve you. You have a king who is working for you, who sacrificed everything because he loved you so much. And that's why we're gathered together today. That's why the people in our story laid down their robes and shouted their hosanna and waved their palms. That's why Jesus is worthy of all of our praise today. That's why he commands and receives our total obedience and allegiance. That's why he is deserving of all of our love. In Jesus' name, amen.